Okay, it's 8.30, so we're going to get started. Um, we start this room as much as we can on time. This is New Wine, New Wine Skins, and we're discussing the Trinitarian Bridge Building from Racism to Peacemaking. I'm Gloria, and I welcome you to the New Wine, New Wine Skins on Clubhouse, where we seek to build relational bridges through Jesus by engaging relevant subjects. The discussion this morning continues the Trinitarian theology dialogue through the lenses of bridge building, that is Trinitarian bridge building from racism to peacemaking. And as you can see at the top of the uh, page, we do have our conference link there. It's Blessed Are the Peacemakers, a new wine conference that will be scheduled in April. And so um, we're leading up to that conference with these conversations and we welcome you. And with that, um, I will turn to, I forgot who I needed to turn to. Um, Cookie, can you do that? Because I don't have that screen up. Sure, Gloria. Cookie pray in. Thank you. I think it was Cliff, but I'm not sure. That's right. That's right. That's right. Thank you, Cliff. Yes, thank you. Um, and yeah, it's a beautiful day for us to be here in Clubhouse. And as we pray to our Heavenly Father, we come to you, Father God. Um, our Father, we pray to the Son and the Holy Spirit, three persons, one God. We thank you for the Trinitarian God that you are and just showing us what Trinitarian is all about. Um, we ask that you'll look upon this time that we come together over this next hour and discuss and talk about bridge building from racism to peacemaking. We pray that you will just uh, inhabit our thoughts, our minds and, and this space and God bring about peace among us. Show us how to get there. Give us strategies. Give us a process how we can move from racism to peacemaking. And we just thank you, Father. Uh, everyone who comes into the space on today, onto Clubhouse, we pray that we will leave with something that we can take with us, that we can do our part in bringing about peace. And to that, Father God, we commend the remainder of this time to you, that you will have your way in our conversation today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And I yield to cookie for guidelines. Thank you so much, Cliff. Um, again, I want to welcome everybody to our New Wine, New Wine Skins on Clubhouse. And I want to disclose that New Wine, New Wine Skins on Clubhouse is being recorded. These are significant conversations that are not easy. And we do have some guidelines for participation. Safety and grace is paramount for us. And our intent is uh, racial reconciliation as discipleship, even as we speak of moving from racism to peacemaking. We ask that you listen and engage in a posture of humility. If you'd like to speak, raise a little hand at the bottom of your screen to be recognized and brought up to the stage. Before you do though, make sure your bio contains enough information for us to know you're not a troll or a bot. To the degree possible, be succinct, be respectful and courteous, love one another, as Jesus says. Wait to speak until you're called on by the moderator and refrain from interrupting. 
You can let us know how much you appreciate this conversation by following New Wine, New Wineskins on Clubhouse and participating in other relevant conversations. Just click the little green house at the top of your screen and learn more about New Wine, New Wineskins by clicking on our About page. As further encouragement, follow speakers and, and uh, moderators. I don't see anyone here from outside the United States, but just in case, please note that Clubhouse is not a secure platform, so be mindful of that as you share. And with that, I'd like to turn it over to Robert. Thank you, Cookie. Um, this is Robert, and um, I'm, uh, I'm going to be your moderator today. And um, and I guess uh, my identity is number one, a follower of Jesus Christ. And so um, as we move forward, um, I'm excited about what is going to come forward as, as we discuss this relevant topic. So um, what does it mean? What does it mean to procure peace? Wow, good, good question. That came up um, last week. Peacemaking should and would and could move us from seeking vengeance um, or avoiding, avoiding conflict to reconciling relationships and making society whole. Being a bridge builder is, um, is to be compelled by the love of Christ. We find this in 2 Corinthians 5, um, where we see in God's ministry of reconciling the world to himself. And as Jesus' followers, we're invited to participate in this ministry of reconciliation. And this should serve as our catalyst for the movement from racism to peacemaking. It was also pointed out that we can all publicly take a stand as peacemakers. So it seems to me that then we need to do the work. So today is part of doing the work. To pick up where we left off last week, there were some outstanding contributions concerning humility and confession repentance, um, and stepping into the sacrifice of Christ to begin to build bridges and to figure out what it means to see the person in front of us for who they are. Acknowledging that systematic, systemic racism is, is real in this country and calling it for what it is is our challenge. We're not getting anywhere by individually supporting the system and the system supporting the individual. So we need to move forward. And how we move from persecution to being able to acknowledge that we're all persecutors in one way or another. I thought about Marcus's comments last week that many of the old ways think thinking at one point in time were popular enough to make uh, make a new law. And we bump into that all the time. 
the administrative rules related to the use of force by our peace officers is one of them. Those laws were written with a certain ethos in mind decades ago that requires our review of them in order to protect the integrity, life, and limb of the police officers, but also hold them accountable for the use of force. I appreciate that Marcus said the outcry is about not coming to grips with this. So how do we come to grips with this and other key issues moving from racism to peacemaking? I'd like to start with Cliff, and I'd uh, ask you, Cliff, for your thoughts after last week on this subject. Then I'd like to uh, hear from Cookie and Gloria. Cliff? Thank you, Bobby. Um, that was great. I appreciate um, you just sharing your thoughts and just kind of giving us an overview of from last week and also from uh, some of the other conversations that we've had. A um, uh, couple of things that you said, and I, I just kind of really want to uh, us to deal with them today is when we talk about racism in this country uh, and bring it about peace in the in the midst of our racialized society, uh, there are some things that that must happen. And um, you know, some people still think that racism and the conversation of racism is still is overblown. And, and why do we even have these conversations? Um, but I think we have moved beyond that. Like you said, you know, in the past decades ago, um, this was a, a topic that probably would not have happened. But uh, I, the people, all of you who are in this conversation now, I would say you're courageous. And those who choose to engage in this conversation, um, Thank you for your courage of, of doing so, because racism, uh, as you said, is it is very real. Uh, it is uh, time for us to call it for what it is um, and not sugarcoat it and not sweep it under the rug, but really deal with it, recognizing that uh, as individuals, we all have been influenced by this or impacted. Um, and there is a system that because our system is racialized, um, the system, the structures are there for racialization. And that impacts us individually. And what it does is it creates this circle, this vicious circle that just goes around. It, the in, individual impacts the, the system and the system impacts the individual. Um, and it, uh, it, it carries over into our lives as Christ followers. Um, and, and if we're due to be reconcilers, um, there must be, uh, instead of um, ignoring this, we as to be peacemakers, as Christ has called us to be, we must break that cycle. And that is not to sugarcoat it, but to call it what it is and to call it out, to acknowledge it. And, and as we acknowledge this, um, 
begin to um, recognize how it impacts um, the lives of people, um, people of color, uh, looking at the, the law enforcement uh, and the laws that have been written uh, specifically um, for um, one group of people, whether it's law enforcement or whether that is um, one of the things that we see happening nowadays um, are laws written to suppress the minority vote. Uh, some will say, well, it's just making the, the voting more secure. Well, it's not making the voting more secure. That's, that's what is being said. But the bottom line is it's designed to suppress the vote. And we have to see uh, these laws or these things for what they are. Um, and I think I mentioned last week about the, the, our law enforcement. Uh, we wonder why is it that law enforcement, uh, that there's so much going on with law enforcement? Well, the thing is with the, um, the, the, the way that law enforcement has treated uh, people of color and especially African-American men uh, it's not something that had just started, but it's being revealed now because of uh, everybody has a camera. Everybody can take a video. Uh, but this has been going on uh, ever since um, the law enforcement really uh, had its roots in the slave catchers, where they really had no boundaries. Once they caught a slave, they could do whatever they wanted to do with them. Uh, and, and that whole mentality that um, those practices have carried over into law enforcement uh, that we see the practices today, but is now being revealed. And so we can change that because as believers, we are a part of these systems. And as we begin to recognize and acknowledge racism in our society and these structures, uh, we must begin to call them out. And that's going to take courage. It's going to take some humility. Um, we're we're going to have to uh, repent. And, and uh, as you mentioned, Robert, um, stepping into the sacrifice of Christ. Um, and, and that's where the courage comes, because everybody is not going to be on board with it. But we have to be courageous and um, begin to call out these evils because it is evil, it is sin, it is against humanity. And as Christ followers, we must um, call these things out. And with that, I am going to yield because I want to hear from Cookie and Gloria. Um, and so uh, at this time, uh, Cookie, I will yield to you and get your thoughts before we open up and go further. Thanks so much, Cliff. Um, thank you for those, those comments, the pointed and seriousness of the comments. Um, and thank you, Robert, for the overview of uh, what happened last week. And 
I think this is a good time for me to publicly take a stand as a peacemaker and wanting to move and standing to work toward moving from racism to peacemaking. Um, I wanna take that stand um, because that's kind of why I'm here. This is a part of who I am. I was so blessed and challenged by last week's dialogue. And, and I'm really glad, Robert, that you reminded us about Marcus's comments, um, especially that, that whole paragraph that you stated and how he talked about the old ways of thinking at one point in time were popular enough to be made into laws. And I found myself reflecting a lot on his comments over the week in many ways. I was struck particularly about how um, Marcus framed his thoughts. And for me, it was how a Trinitarian theology might approach being a bridge builder from racism to peacemaking. And as Cliff, as you were, as you were commenting about um, essentially being able to see the structures of racism that have been in place from, from the beginning of, of this country. And as more and more of us begin to see this, more and more of us can be able to, or will be by, compelled by the love of Christ to stand against this evil and for the sake of the other, um, for the common good. I, I found myself thinking about how Marcus framed his comments and realized that um, under the current tone and, and tenure of how people approach some of these conversations, my stomach would turn if I walked into a room um, up against the the polarization and the wanting to fight about either side. Um, but then again, I thought about how Marcus framed it and I thought about being able to approach the conversation in a way that requires us to review these laws that were written with a certain ethos in mind decades ago. And those particular laws are, as you referred, um, Cliff and the old slave catcher um, ethos of that time. I think that how we come to grips with this, I'm, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have, I have a lot of questions, but I don't have a whole lot of answers. But I do know that being able to engage the conversation in a way of, in the way of Christ, you know, in the way of, in the way of love, in the way of recognizing that the outcry is truly about not coming to grips with these things. I wanna come to grips with these things. I look forward to hearing um, from my colleagues and learning more about this. I do, I do feel the incredible nature of this whole voting rights scenario and the fact that it's being approached as a 
way in which to stop voter fraud when in reality it is suppressing the vote um, in favor of, quote, one side or the other. Um, I see that so clearly, and I'm glad that I see it clearly, and I can speak into that in so many different ways, having been an, elect an election official um, in another part of my life. So with that, I yield the mic to Gloria. Thank you, Cookie, for those um, poignant comments. And I really appreciate uh, your wanting and, you know, desiring and your commitment to move and stand to move from racism to peacemaker. Um, I really appreciate your heart and I thank you for your commitment. And I appreciate Bob. Thank you for giving us the overview and Cliff for um, just scoping out this conversation. I love that this discussion is Trinitarian bridge building. Yes, rules have a necessary place in society. Although rules can also set us up to be predators and not partners or collaborators, collaborators or advocates. I think about, and I've worked in government for a long time and I've uh, been an election official in several communities and um, created all kinds of rules around that that allowed ourselves and allowed the community um, to protect the voting rights. So I come from that place. One of the things that I take as I think about um, the rules in our society, I think about community policing, for example. In some communities, community policing is seen as a threat. What's the purpose? What's the objective? I've been in communities where community policing was uh, created and what you saw in the communities were people, were officers walking in those communities and indicating that they were there to get to know the community and welcome the community and be a part of the community although they walked around with their hands on their guns, on their hips, and walked around in two or three, um, walking up and down the streets, which of course caused people to have fear and not feel as if it was community. So when I think about what is one of the things that can occur is having community policing or those kinds of um, opportunities be one where they're not looking as if um, they're in an enforcement um, role. I also think about um, the Bible always. And if we look at the Bible, uh, there are things that, that come to play with respect to that. And one of the things is that um, I've heard on several occasions that um, basically, you know, what has happened with respect to racism is in the past and we should move forward in the future and not um, bring up the past over and over again. But if we look at the Bible, the Old and the New Testament, it is filled with how God deals with truth and addresses it. And I think it's important for us to make that concerted effort and devote our collective commitment 
to addressing racism in that regard. I think about scripture uh, at Mark, Micah 6, 8, and it says, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. And so I see it as a opportunity for us to set a goal. I read somewhere where it said, I see no color is not the goal. I see your color and I honor you. I value your input. I will be educated about your life experiences. I will work against the racism that harms you. You are beautiful and I will do better. That's the goal. That's what was written. And it's a goal and it's the answer. We live in a time where people want to move on from here or there and to leave the past where it is. Again, as a believer, I trust and believe in the Bible, the word of God. One cannot grasp the Bible by only reading the New Testament and leaving out the Old Testament. We are constantly referring between scriptures. I recall during um, another room where we were undertaking the study of revelations and we were constantly going back to Genesis and Ezekiel and Daniel to bring us forward to what revelations really was saying to us. And so I think we have to acknowledge the history. We can't erase it. We have to know what occurred in order to erase that from being what is in the future. I believe as we are becoming peacemakers in a non-peaceful world, we need to strive to combat racial racism that divides us. It's not a choice. It's something we can't avoid. And with that, I rest my mic. Thank you, Gloria and Cookie, for your sharing. Um, <clears throat> Gloria, I really liked um, the point you made through the Bible, looking at how God deals with truth, and um, as as being build build bridge, bridge builders from racism to to peacemaking. I think it's key to keep that uh, in mind. It's almost like a, a building tool or a blueprint for our actions dealing with truth. Um, <clears throat> so just to kind of recap here um, for some of the people who have uh, just joined us, uh, we're discussing how to move from racism to peacemaking. Um, big challenge, but we have uh, some steps that we've already taken and we're building upon that. So each one of us, um, I'm calling on as my moder as the moderator. I'm calling on to add to what we already know, and let's build something powerful. And so, with that, um, I'd like to have Jim uh, kind of give his uh, thoughts now and moving forward. Would you share with us, Jim? <laughs> I'm honored. Thank you very much, Bob. Wow, a lot's been said. Um, 
maybe I'll touch upon this um, kind of uh, what Cliff and also Gloria talked about, just acknowledging racism. And I think um, I would say, at least for myself, is that it's not necessarily, it, it, it's important to, to um, acknowledge racism, but I think also we need to acknowledge it in ourselves. I mean, we need to recognize to say, you know what, <laughs> I do have blind spots. You know, there there is, uh, you know, I am uh, in the process of being um, healed by the Holy Spirit, by the work of Christ, but there are some parts of my of my life that are unhealthy. And so, I, you know, I just think it's, I, I think once we can also be able to um, recognize it sincerely, uh, I think that furthers the discussion. I do this, what's called journey to mosaic as part of our denomination. What we do is we, we travel the Northwest on buses and we visit various areas of racial injustice. So we hear the African-American story, Asian-American story, Native American story. And so we, we hear these various stories. And, and at one time we, um, we were having dinner. It was after a debrief and um, African-American woman, uh, because she's an elder, I call her Auntie Lolita, <laughs> Auntie Lolita sat across the table and she looked at me. She says, you know, Hawaiians are racist too. <laughs> and so I said, I know we are, we're terrible. And, and Auntie Lolita, uh, I think she was kind of surprised by my response and, and she kind of smiled, you know, and I think that kind of, um, uh, it, it really kind of opened the door for more conversation and she shared her experience. She shared why she, sh you know, why she said that was because of her experience, her husband, they were in the military station in Hawaii and, and they experienced that. And so I think not only that we acknowledge, um, you know, I think as a society, as a culture, we need to acknowledge that sin, but also I think we need to, you know, acknowledge in our own selves that there is space uh, for this. Uh, you know, I mean, when, when the whole thing with George Floyd was unfolding, um, one of the things that I that caught my eye, one of the very first things that caught my eye, um, that there one of the officers was Asian American, you know, and and he wasn't doing anything, and so I, you know, and so um, I think it's just acknowledging that, um, yeah, and so I, I think that's part of you know that's part of the steps. I think it's important to recognize our history. So in Native American history and Hawaiian history, we call it. Um, Kualima, but you look back at the, you know, seven generations, and then it, that dictates, you know, the decisions that you should make for the next seven generations. And so I think, you know, our past needs to, um, you know, we do need to review that. We do need to have an eye on that. And I think like Cliff brought up, I mean, you know, we would like to think that we're getting better, but I think with video cameras, um, it, it begins to, it, it has shed light on what, um, racism and, and the um, the consequences of racism and the suffering that's been going on. It's, it's brought to light. And I think uh, that that might be the hard, the hard part. Um, another thing I want to bring up is, you know, we talk about, you know, voting. I think, you know, voting is very important and that there are laws that do suppress um, people, people's rights to vote. But I also want to say that it's not as, um, it's not as intentional that sometimes it's unintentional. And I think we need to see these things. I love my denomination. I, you know, I, I, our denomination has done some incredible things in the area of racial righteousness. But also I would say that, um, you know, our, like most denominations, our denomination has an annual meeting. And because we're congregationally run, that is a place where um, the congregation and we send delegates to make decisions about um, the covenant, the evangelical covenant church. And so we sent delegates. 
one of the one of the interesting pieces though uh, of this is that we send delegates to various places so they go people have to travel they have to travel you know to la they have we're located in chicago but they'll have a meeting in chicago but then they'll go to various areas and then they have it in like large hotels because that's where conferences are held um and then there's the flight and then there's you know registration and all things like that and and the reality is is um whether people of color and people kind of in the with economic challenges they're unable to attend <laughs> and so um you know you're taking out a, a a pretty large chunk of people of color who don't have the financial means to attend these meetings where decisions are made you know on our uh, regarding our denomination and that's been a conversation for many years and i and i'll say this i think um the pandemic has been a blessing for us because we have because we have moved to hybrid. And so I think it, it allows people, um, people that might not be able to afford going to places, um, a chance to have a say and a vote. And so just want to say that, that, you know, I think that there are there are some insidious things about, you know, the way the, the voting structure is set up. But also, I think there's some things that aren't as insidious and that we just take for granted um, and that we need to, to, you know, to learn from. And then I think. Um, getting back to just kind of the responsibility. I love Zacchaeus. He's like one of my favorite stories. I think when I think of Zacchaeus, I think of Danny DeVito. But um, when he when when he experiences the love of Jesus, when, when he feels the hospitality, the kindness, the forgiveness of Jesus, when Jesus invites or, or invites himself to be Zacchaeus's guest, um, I see that that is an opportunity for bridge building. But also I see that as, as that it transforms Zacchaeus's life and that Zacchaeus was able to identify how he hurt people and how he cheated people. And it was Zacchaeus, it was Zacchaeus's realization with the, with understanding, experiencing the love of Jesus that I think allowed him to make peace, not only with Jesus and with God, but also make peace with other people saying, you know what? I am going to pay back what I stole. And if I, you know, if I stole more than, you know, and so I think that's where peace, you know, peace, um, peace making begins. It just begins with ourself, the power of the Holy Spirit empowering us to have the strength to overcome. And I think the word is fear that I think that is the fear of others. And so I think um, that I would say that maybe those are the steps, at least in peacekeeping that I've seen that have worked in my life. Um, I'm still in process. I'm still learning. That's why I'm here, because I need to hear, you know, your voices and giving me wisdom and, and discernment in, 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 uh, in the ways of peacemaking. So that is all I have to say. So I'm returning the microphone back to you, Robert. Uh, thank, <clears throat> thank you, Jim. Um, uh, very powerful that the pandemic, as you see it, uh, can be and is a, um, a force for change. And that um, even fear is a force for change. And so um, these are all kind of connection points for for this movement, uh, a, a good movement towards um, what should be as opposed to what is. And um, I thank you for your comments. Um, I'd like to call on um, Trudy next. Um, uh, Trudy, share kind of your thoughts. And, and if you could just uh, a little bit about your background and how you have experienced, um, you know, how you move 
from uh, racism to or, to um, peacemaking. Trudy? Good morning. Um, my background is that, uh, one, I'm married to a um, uh, man who is full Chinese, who became a citizen after our uh Mary, after we got married, we also adopted biracial children, um, two of which are part African American. And um, so we're kind of a multiracial kind of family. We also deal with foster care, special needs. Our son has um, a disability that's autistic like. Um, and so we're very much ingrained into the disability population and needs. and all of that population and how that is played out in today's world um, and dealing with foster care as well as a foster care provider. Um, it's um, complex. And with our background and presently, you know, also um, I've been listening to all of your voices and so appreciate the wisdom shared and um, I, I can't help but reflect on one key factor that is so important when dealing with peacemaking, and that is to being a good listener. And uh, listening is so important when trying to navigate um, next steps and interactions rather than jumping, jumping to conclusions or making assumptions, really hearing the story of the individuals that we're interacting with. and. And I'm sorry, um, part of my heart right now is um, just listening to the stories of the people that are dealing with what's happening in Ukraine and following the dear people that we worked with it, that dealt with uh, special needs ministries in the church in Ukraine. And, um, um, you know, when we were there as uh, short-term mission um, people, the one thing that was so important was to hear story of the different families of the different individuals and um, it brings heart to the connection and i think that's probably why it's so painful to see the plight of what's going on with some of these individuals and what's happening um, yet i'm hearing some incredible people with such a heart for peacemaking that not only are listening, but are actively doing to supply needs and to um, bring bread and soup and medicine and caring for the elderly and the people that are, have disabilities. And I mean, such an example of, yes, you could have been buried into the hate and the disgust and the depression and the hopelessness but I'm just so inspired to say, okay, but God can, in his strength, can bring relationship even to this negative situation. And so I think the key is listening and doing and being actively involved. And those examples are speaking loudly to me, as well as just looking at um, how Jesus just actively engaged and listened and engaged with people that some people may have discounted as not as valued. And um, I think, in, especially in the disability population, sometimes those 
values are dismissed and sometimes we can learn so much from each other. So with that, I yield the mic. Thank you. Thank you, Trudy. Um, I especially uh, applaud you for bringing up the the necessary piece of listening well, but listening to stories, other people's stories, and uh, and then providing uh, needs, going going to what not your needs, but but the the needs of those that are are suffering. Uh, you brought up Ukraine, and I know that uh, uh, the scope of this subject is um, is you know we have to be careful that it doesn't go stays stays uh, real for us. But I thought I thought you know <clears throat> Ukraine's a long ways away, right? Well, I looked it up. It's sixty-two. Uh, 6,263 miles away, which is a long way, but it's 12 hours and 47 minutes and, and it's there. It's not that far away. It's not without our reach. And so thank you for, for Trudy uh, bringing up uh, what is right in front of us, uh, real examples. And I think that helps open our scope a little bit. Um, Robert, can I just can I just elaborate on that just a little bit? Y yes, you can. Go ahead, from, yeah. uh, uh, Cliff. Um, yeah, and I, I appreciate um, Trudy bringing um, the the story of what's going on in Ukraine up, and also just want to acknowledge some things that Jim said um, about acknowledging our blind spots, and when I um, and, and, and thinking about what Trudy said, you know, the the a lot of people are moved by what's going on in Ukraine, and yes, that's a terrible situation. But that same compassion that is moving people to do things and help the Ukrainians, if we can take that same compassion to move the needle of racism in this country, we would, we would be able to eliminate racism overnight. Amen. If we have that, if we were, if, if we were allow the Holy spirit to touch our hearts just like that, um, and, and not have those blind spots, but like, uh, Jim said, um, we all are influenced by our racialized society that has become normalized and, uh, he brought up the fact that the F, um, that the Asian police officer was just standing there doing nothing. I thought that was real interesting and odd as well, but it is indicative of the racialized society that we live in and how we have become callous to this evil. But if we can allow things such as what is happening in Ukraine, that same thing that moves our hearts for that situation as being as far away as it is and as terrible as it is, yes. if we can allow that to impact us here in the United States, I think that we would have a different situation and I yield the mic. You're right. Totally right. I agree with that 100%. So um, 
So Lisa, um, I see that you would like to share your thoughts and we'd love to hear what you have to say. Hello, Robert. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for um, allowing me to come up on, on the stage here and, and just share a little. <clears throat> it's great to be back with you all a little bit after a couple weeks of hiatus <laughs> uh, and have my picture back. Woohoo! <laughs> my profile picture. So that's, uh, that's a blessing as well. Um, Clubhouse evidently uh, did an update and it liked uh, my consistent changing. So, <laughs> and um, yeah, just FYI, I updated my bio. So there's a little bit more there than what I originally had. So hopefully that's helpful um, for anybody that's interested in that. Um, but just so appreciate um, the dialogue and the continued sharing about this important topic. And um, <clears throat> for some people, very touchy topic. Um, and it, it is so important that we, we have, um, we have, in, intelligent, respectful conversations around all of this. And, um, and I love, you know, I love the title Trinitarian bridge building, uh, you know, from racism to peacemaking, peacemaking. I mean, everyone said, has, uh, <laughs> everyone's really just poured in and said so much that that's beautiful. Um, I think what came to me, you know, when, Trudy was just talking a few moments ago, you know, to be a good listener. And I found that to be true. Um, you know, to, to, that God gave us two ears and one mouth and that, you know, and there's a reason for that <laughs> as God has his reasons for everything. Um, but I thought about that, you know, and I thought about, um, if you've ever read Stephen Covey's, you know, Seven Habits to Highly Effective People, and one of the habits is seek first to understand and then be understood. And I think that goes a long way with what's happening um, and what could happen um, instead of, you know, instead of being at odds with one another and, and, and um, gosh, what do I want to say about that? I guess, you know, the James 1.19 comes to my mind. You know, there's a couple of scripture verses that come to my mind as we've been talking. Um, and, you know, that kind of goes along with the listening um, where he says, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Um, and I think that's that's a wise saying, obviously, in scripture and in Matthew 6.33, um, where Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you and i just think that you know if we as as god's people as god's children as god's creation live begin to live with one another with creation um as uh, you know like what's been said with compassion with mercy with love with peace with hope with justice with faith to be in living with one another as if this is heaven on earth, then and really living it, you know, not just lip service, not just, you know, intellectually we know this, but to truly find ways to be able to do that um, is so important. I think that we would be able to see headway. Um, you know, and like you just mentioned, Cliff, the um, you know, about the conflict in the Ukraine right now. Um, you know, it all starts with the 
the disposition of our internal dialogue in our own heart. Um, you know, that is the warring on, you know, that's so in a sense that feels like it's removed, but you're right, it's not. You know, the hate that is happening there um, is caused in the hearts of individual or individuals. And that's the same thing with racism. You know, it's, it's, it's fear, it's, um, it's so many things that are not of God, that are not of the Trinity, you know, of that communion of, of the Godhead for three persons um, and that love that exists between them. I mean, that's what we're supposed to, um, that's what we're supposed to aspire to. That's, that's, that's our goal, union with God and with one another um, on that level. Um, gosh, I've, I just have a lot more I could share about, um, about that and about just my own experiences um, with racism and just seeing that from um, the perspective of, you know, a white woman, but also being attuned to that ever since I've been a little girl, um, and being thankful for my parents and that and their um, bring, upbringing with the Trinitarian theology, if you will, in in the church that believed and and preached um, that all people were created with dignity and should be respected and should be loved and um, and celebrated for their diversity. Um, so anyway, so sorry for letting me, I'm rambling on, I think. Um, thank you so much for allowing me to share out and I'll yield the mic back. God bless, thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Uh, your rambling is good. You know, we all ramble and um, and I, I love the way you, you put it, that uh, our stories and our uh, examples are, are important, needed. Thank you for sharing. Pamela, um, we would love to have a few minutes of your story, and then I'd like to um, kind of summarize uh, what we have heard today, and then, because um, we're getting close to um, the end of our time. Pamela, could you share a few minutes? Um, thank you, Robert. Um, morning, everyone. Uh, Gloria invited uh, me to the room today and um, well thanks for inviting me and I just wanted to say I am originally from Zimbabwe so I don't really um, what I want to say is that we have more of a history of um, colonial colonialism versus um, racism I mean it's, it's a different form but it's the same basically the same thing um, but one thing that I've noticed is that um, in both scenarios where the, the where um, when racism is perpetrated, it's a form of hate, but it also breeds hate. So the person that you treat unfairly also develops a hatred towards their 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 oppressor, and this is a, a, a double-edged sword in the sense that it creates um, salvation issues for both parties. It creates a salvation issue for the person who is experiencing. The hate, the, the 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 oppression, and it creates a salvation issue for the person who is um, perpetrating the oppression. And the Bible is a, is just a, a great resource for us as um, as Christians in in learning how to to deal with with these issues. 
um, I mean, Christ talks about, you know, for, forgiveness and he talks about how you need to forgive someone when they offend you 70 times, seven times for the same offense. So it's, it's, it's great in terms of us trying to heal um, from that place of, you know, of dealing of, of, you know, from the after effects of the racism and the oppression. But I also liked um, a verse in Matthew, Matthew 5, verse 23, which says, therefore, if you're offering a gift, offering your gift at the altar and there, remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. What I like about this verse is that even as Christian with regards to racism, it doesn't say if you have um, if you have a problem with someone, but if you know someone has a problem with you. So that kind of puts um, the burden of recon reconciliation also on the offender because in, in, in terms of um, racism, we, it's, not, it's, not a, it's not a secret. People know that, you know, the people who have experienced this, are, they're, they're hurt by it. And they're, they're, it's a difficult journey to come to, you know, to, to completely heal from it. And so as Christians, when, when we have this knowledge, before we even come to God, God is saying to us, we need to go back to the people we have offended. Even if you feel some type of way about it, but as long as you know that your brother has has this thing against you, then it is our our prerogative as peacemakers to then go to the, the party that we have offended and reach out to them and try and heal. So I think that's also something that we could think about even as we look towards healing from coming out of this situation. Thank you, I'm Pam and I'm done speaking. Wow, thank you, Pamela. Um, I totally agree and, and to, to hear to hear your background, your, your experiences, um, and point out for us that um, racism is a form of hate and it actually breeds hate to all parties uh, uh, involved. It, it has an effect of that uh, being passed on and the value of forgiveness and it's personal and it's not a secret. What we One. I'd like to um, just quickly um, synthesize some of the powerful sharing today, and then um, I'd like to. Uh, before we close, so um, Cliff, you you pointed out early on that we can all be courageous changers. Um, everybody has a opportunity. Um, you even asked the question, why do we have to talk about this? And we talk about it because there's work to be done and it's real and it's right in front of us. It is systemic and is individual and affects all of us. It's real. Um, Cookie, you took a stand on uh, being a peacemaker. And, um, and I know that personally. You take a stand, uh, that's visible, and that 
makes a difference. Um, Gloria, you um, you opened the door beautifully uh, by saying we need to strive to combat racism. In other words, there's work to be done, and it's not a secret, and um, it's right in front of us. Jim, you said um, we need to. I loved what you said. Is you personally visit places where there's injustice and you look for it and you get involved and you see the connections. And I love the fact that you said uh, the pandemic is a force for change. Uh, Trudy, um, you, you, you live this every day and um, you pointed out that to be a listener, you got to hear the story and look for the needs and do something about it. Um, and Cliff, you said um, you said that it's time to be to to be compassionate everywhere, not just you know a long ways away or something that is a topic now, but it's applicable now, and that is powerful. Um, Lisa, um, uh, thank you for sharing that um, it is powerful to to be understood uh, is important, but to but to understand is first. So, with that, um, is there anyone on the stage who would like to speak before I turn it over to Cookie? There's nothing further than I'm going to take the opportunity to speak before we turn it over to me. <laughs> you got it. <clears throat> I wanted to, <clears throat> excuse me. I wanted to say how much I appreciated Pamela's comments. Um, I really appreciated how you shared the, the nexus of colonization and racism and that in both scenarios, racism breathes hate from the oppressed and the oppressor, that double-edged sword. Um, I thought about, um, as, as you were saying that, and as I closed my eyes and I was listening and and I was thinking about the picture that, um, that Jim brought us back to of George Floyd and the hate that I saw. And all I and I and all I could think of and and say right now is God forgive us, God forgive us the hate that we breathe one to the other. God bring us to that place of forgiveness of one another and breathing love and relationship. And I just felt compelled that I I needed to say that and to share that. Um, as we move in this conversation, um, first I'd like to invite everyone to the New Wine, New Wineskins Conference, Blessed Are the Peacemakers, on April 8 and 9. Um, you can register to be there in person for those in the Portland area or on Zoom at the link shown above. 
There's a great lineup of presenters that will be joining Dr. Paul Lewis Metzger, who is the director and founder of New Wine, New Wineskins, to reflect on the import of becoming peacemakers, not just peacekeepers in our communities. Um, presenters that we hear from regularly on New Wine, New Wineskins on Clubhouse include Robert Wall and Trudy Sang and Jim Segura. So I hope you will take advantage of that. Um, stay tuned as we continue to engage the question in our own hearts and with each other about how our or my own core value of a Trinitarian theology should impact my faith seeking understanding and action. How do I personally participate as a bridge builder from racism to peacemaking as we move forward? Um, and into the question again about whether we personally, each person, believes this country was built on white supremacy behaviors. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to Gloria to close us in prayer. Thank you, Cookie. Let us pause and give thanks to the Lord our God who has blessed us today. His righteousness has overwhelmed our discussion. We thank God for the voices who spoke into our journey to becoming peacemakers, like Jesus, combating the ills that affect our society. And thank you, Lord, for bringing us alongside you. Help us to be armor ready in the name of Jesus, to cure the ills of our world. We ask for blessings on those who are present with us today and those who are unable, who were unable to be here. We give God all the glory. And as we are becoming peacemakers, we say amen. Thank you for being in the room today and for the beautiful discussion that has taken place and God bless each and every one of you. Thank you, Gloria, amen. Thank you, have a good day. Thank you everyone for Thanks, sharing. Everyone. Thanks everyone for the passionate discussion today and we we'll look forward to seeing you next week. Yes. Thank you, aloha, have a great day. With that, I'm going to close the room. See you all next week. Bless you.